Hey guys, it's Christian Babcock from the Hunter's Advantage podcast. At the Hunter's Advantage, our goal is to provide you with the best advice and insight from hunting industry professionals, and hopefully you would use that knowledge or advantage on your next adventure. This week on the podcast, I got to interview Brad Luttrell, uh, the co-founder of the Go Wild app and the host of the Restless Native podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's going to be a good one. So this week I'm here with... Brad Luttrell, uh, the co-founder of the Go Wild app and the host of the Restless Native podcast. Um, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe your role at Go Wild? Sure thing. I, I So I'm from southeastern Kentucky, live in Louisville, Kentucky now. It's where we founded the app where we're, and where we're based today. Uh, I'm a hunter. I've, I've hunted small game, you know, off and on my whole life. And about seven or eight years ago, got into whitetail and uh, really wanted to become a better whitetail hunter, which is what I started, you know, started using the internet, looking at forums and YouTube and found out it's really hard to find information that's relevant to you. You know, how people hunt out West is not how we hunt here in Kentucky. And even the disparities between hunting in Virginia to Kentucky, you know, which are neighboring states, uh, there's a lot of different ways that, you know, we don't chase deer with dogs <laughs> in Kentucky. Yeah. Whereas Virginia, it's it's a fairly common method of uh, of, of whitetail hunting. Um, so I, I started realizing that there was not a good way to do this. And you know, if you had questions, there weren't a lot of places to turn to. And set out. You know, I, I was also at the simultaneously when I realized this problem uh, was you know wanting to find something to do on my own, like a, a business to run and uh, something to do. I've I've always had the entrepreneurial itch. I've had a few other companies I've tried and some successfully, some not, and, um, you know, really wanted to find something I could dig into and be passionate about. And when I, I realized, you know, the opportunity I just described along with some other things um, that, that got the whole thing started. So rounded up three co-founders uh, in three months, and we started building a product and built it in six months, beta tested it and got it launched in nine months. And, uh, you know, here we are 16 months later, uh, and we've got tens of thousands of people uh, soon to, I mean, really truly soon by the end of the year, I think we'll have hundreds of thousands of people at the rate we're growing Mm -hmm. uh, using this product and, you know, really getting that enjoyment that I set out to do, which was just to help people be better at what they love. So people are using this platform to, Hey, uh, I'm down to these two different types of broadheads. I'm going on an elk hunt in Colorado. I've never been to Colorado. Uh, What do you all recommend? And they're getting 30 people's opinions on, what to do. And and these are experienced people. You can use the platform to look and see, you know, just because I tell you something doesn't mean I know what the hell I'm doing. So you, right. you can look at, you can look at my profile and see like, Oh yeah, Brad actually has taken 12 elk, which I haven't by the way. Um, but you can, you, you can use it in that way to validate the opinions you're getting. And it's just a, it's designed for the outdoors enthusiast. And we don't have many other platforms that are like that. And, yep. uh, so, so that's, that's what, how we got here what it is in a very, you know, compact nutshell. And then my, my job, uh, you know, I'm co-founder and CEO. So as a co-founder, I've got three other co-founders to lean on and ask questions. You know, we, we all treat each other. It's a very flat organization here. Um, even, even the team that we've expanded out to, you know, we've got nine people today. Uh, the team that's here, you know, they all know they can speak up. We very much run a Kaizen type uh, organization, which means anybody can hold up the line if they see a problem or, or they see a better way forward. Uh, but, but as a CEO, you know, I am the one in charge of 
managing the people, the time, and the money. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, uh, the buck does have to stop with some, some, someone, and I am that person. Right. So you said 16 months ago it starts. Um, you, I assume yet you were at working a full time job before then. You know, at what point are you like it's 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 time to go full time on Go Wild. I think this is going to be big enough where I can put my whole self into it. Yeah, this is about a year ago. I uh, we we had so that would have been February of 18. The product launched in September of 2017, and by then, you know, we had been like I said, we've been working on it nine months. So it was really not very long. Um, mm-hmm. Just it felt like I had been working on it for a long time, but in terms of on the market, uh, we were pr- not even six months old, and I made the jump. Now, I mean, when you're building something like this, there's a lot of questions. Um, if it's a tech company, you know, how are we going to monetize this thing? Cause obviously we cannot, we can't have nine people working on it without making money. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and in the short term, you know, if you're not making money, you got to be raising money through, through venture capital, which is what we've done. We do have some advertisers and partners along the way, but you know, at that point it became clear that the volume of work was significant enough to demand that I, as that leader, I had to make that first jump. And then, um, so I, I actually, uh, like I said, February, I finished my job and I did a little bit of contract work on the side for a few months to help, um, take some of that payload off of the go wild. And then my co-founder, Chris jumped in, uh, I guess a couple months later. So April or May, I think it was actually, it was, it was May. Cause I think I remember Memorial day, um, that Tuesday was his first day. So, uh, Chris, and then, you know, two more co-founders that summer. And then all of a sudden we're hiring full-time employees. And, Mm -hmm. um, it is honestly, man, it's like drinking from a fire hose. It's just, there's so much movement and so much going on. It was kind of funny. I had a a copywriter I used to manage ask me, he's like, when I, when I announced I was quitting my, my job, I was a creative director at an ad agency. And he said, I don't understand. It's just an app. Like what is there to do? And it's like, oh my God, dude, you could not have a uh, more dysfunctional understanding of what, what, what we're doing here. You know, I mean, we, we are, there is so much going on behind the scenes. Uh, I think, I think a lot of people too, like I went to Texas and hunted in one of our sweepstakes, uh, with, with the winter and it looks like we're doing that fun stuff all the time, but I mean, guys, that's so fractional to what our our job actually is. I mean, I definitely hunted more before go wild. It's not, Mm -hmm. this is not like, I don't, I don't get out and hunt all the time and get paid to hunt. I'm not your, you know, social media influencer who's showing up to take pictures. Like we're very much office in the office a lot. Like we're here collaborating with each other. Now we do fun stuff. Like we got a, a new guy that started, um, you got a develop new developer who who started and he, he's a remote employee so he's here in Louisville this week and tomorrow we're going out and you know welcoming him and we're going to dinner and we're going to go you ever seen those like throwing axes it's kind of big oh, thing oh yeah yeah we're doing something like that tomorrow so I mean we get out and do some fun stuff and Chris and I I took Chris hunting for the first time he had never been he was a hiker that's his his inspiration is my co-founder and I took him on a turkey hunt last year. It was several turkey hunts last year. So I mean, we get out, we we do hunt and stuff. But I mean, the, like the job, we're a tech company. We are making, you know, designing and coding all the time. Mm-hmm. No, so you talked a little bit about um, making money on the app, and that's kind of that's one thing I was curious about. So Facebook, Instagram, they're making a ton of money in ad rep. Um, so could a could a normal person? So if I started an account, could I go in and could I pay to have an ad on Go Wild? 
No, not right now. I mean, we're doing that. If you remember, I don't know how long you've been on Instagram, but I remember the pre-advertising days of Instagram. Yeah. And when I they rolled too. that, yeah, when they rolled that out, what they did was they they introduced that with uh, premium level partners. So I remember Mountain Dew, Columbia. These are big brands, right? That they were working with. We're doing a very similar approach. We're only working with um, certain advertising partners right now. We're trying to keep it to fifteen for the year, you know, that matches our size, that matches our revenue needs. And, uh, you know, the, those 15 that we work with, the, they will be very integrated into our platform. They get the fullest of our attention uh, versus, you know, we, we could easily get, and we get requests all the time from small companies. And, you know, while, while we're flattered that they want to do that, we just don't have the capacity. I told you, you got nine people here mm-hmm. and like almost half of them are developers. <laughs> so yeah. it's not so like none of them can service an advertiser directly. So, so we don't have the capacity to work with, you know, 50 clients right now. Now, eventually I think it could, I don't know how exactly it's going to shake out. It could look like uh, Instagram self-serve ad platform that you're talking about, but it might not. I mean, there's a lot of different ways this thing can go. Um, that's, you ask about what my job is, like, that's the money part I talk about. Like, that's the hardest thing to figure out is it's not like, can it make money? It's how should it make money? And what's the Mm -hmm. best way to do that, that benefits us and our community members in the least intrusive way possible. So if we do advertising, for example, my biggest focus is not actually like what generates the most money, um, because what could generate the most money is a short-term vision. Like that might mean that people don't enjoy the platform and they don't come back. So mm-hmm. we, we spend a lot of time focusing on what it makes the platform better and more enjoyable. And even our advertisements, I mean, you think about, it's not hard for us with the way the platform is set up to be able to hit elk hunters only. Like we could, we could, you know, there's an elk hunting trail. So we, we technically could put ads in front of you that are incredibly relevant. Whereas like right now, when I go home, and use my my house computer or it might even be on my cell phone or my, my work laptop the inter, like as a digital marketer they know that my wife has been shopping for baby clothes or for shoes or whatever and like those ads get blasted throughout your ip address because that's their model is to find you yeah. on every device that you're on we don't want to do that i mean that's that's been done um yes those those two companies are really profitable doing that but we're trying to find a way that gives the outdoors enthusiasts relevant advertising. So I, I don't want the shoes that your wife shopped for, or to be fair to the ladies, like, you know, whatever dumb stuff your husband's looking for. Cause like guys, uh, online shopping for guys, it's like always something dumb. It's like where to buy an inflatable <laughs> T-Rex, like, so yeah. for, like for something like ridiculous. Like you don't want ads for whatever your spouse is searching for on your device. So we're trying to make it a very personalized experience based on your login information. No, I know. I think I think one of the special parts about the app is the organic reach of it. It's so genuine, um, and people are really uh, plugged into it. So, um, I, I I think that's great, and and trying to keep that there is is definitely wise. Um, but so getting more into the logistics, you talked about a trail. Um, so and maybe you could explain that a little more. But how do users interact within the app, and then what makes it different um, from a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram? That's what people are using. Right. So Facebook, Instagram, any of them, in fact, we've almost debated doing like the go wild challenge, create two Mm -hmm. new accounts and post a question and see which one you get better engagement on in the same day. You're going to get it on go Go wild, like guaranteed. In fact, 
even if you don't, you might still get better engagement on Go Wild than, than you can elsewhere. Those trails I'm talking about, they're forums. So when you sign up, we're going to ask you uh, really just one question is like, what do you like to do? Hunt, fish, or enjoy the outdoors? And if you say hunting, we're going to lump you in with all the hunting labeled trails. Now you can go in and curate this, but uh, we, we want to put content in front of you out of the gate. Twitter realized really early that when you sign up for Twitter, you have to follow 33 accounts before you find value in the platform. We mm -hmm. knew this, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, it's being late to market is not always a bad thing. You can learn from your predecessors. And we learned from other people's mistakes of why, why is it always so follower centric? Why does everything have to be about following people? You know, what about people who just happen to be like-minded and do they like, there's no reason that they need to follow each other to have conversation. So yeah. we, we built a platform that's actually content first and we focus on what you like to do. So that could be elk hunting, duck hunting. There's just a bird hunting trail, like all, all of these different types of hunting trails. We pushed the hunters too. There's even trapping, you know, we, we, we found a lot of value in pushing things uh, to things that people might not have elsewhere to talk about. I mean, trapping is something like, God forbid you talk about trapping on your Instagram profile, you're going to get attacked <laughs> by the yeah. vegans and, and the hunters. Like a lot of hunters don't understand trapping. So we try to help people get into their niche and be able to talk to other like-minded people. Like nobody following the trapping trail and go out is going to be trolling other trappers. Like you're there to talk about trapping and, and, you know, you can get so much deeper than having to defend it all the time. And that, that's the, really the value of the platform as a whole is that I don't have to, I, you take that wall down of constantly being on the defense, you know, with, with Instagram right now, if you post about a hunting photo, you post it and you almost like start to you're like, all right, what, what, somebody's going to say something. I'm going to come back with a, oh, oh yeah, well you eat meat or you wear leather. Like there's so <laughs> much of like, you immediately do that. Like somebody comments, you go to their profile and you start looking like, when's the last time you ate a cheeseburger? You know, it's like, so it's so silly the way that we, we have to operate that way. So within our platform, come in, you can talk about it. People are here are already thinking like you. So we can just cut through the BS right out of the gate. And you can just dive right into talking about what you love. So that's very different than any of those other platforms. I'll give an example of this. Uh, the, and I'll, I'll give you two examples. The other day, a guy downloads Go Wild and onboards. And within first 24 hours, he posted his first question. And it was, I'm down to this type of muzzle loader and this one. I'm looking at these for this reasons. What do you all recommend? I'd like to use it for, I think it was deer hunting. I don't remember. 55 comments this guy got on his post of people helping him figure out the answer to his question. This happened within a 24-hour uh, period. You know, that doesn't that doesn't happen anywhere else. You can't do that and get that kind of engagement. Brands, I mean, dude, brands with 50,000 followers on Instagram struggle to get 55 comments on anything, anything. I mean, there are some exceptions. Every now and then, Jeremiah Dowdy on From Field to Plate uh, on Instagram is an exception to this. You'll see him with, you know, 43,000 followers, and it's not uncommon to see 200 comments on one of his posts. He's, he's a rare exception to this, though. Uh, most people can't do that. Um, Wes Robinson, who I've met through the, the, the Go Wild app, has a pretty big following on Instagram. I think he's got almost... 14 or 15,000 followers posted the exact same question on Instagram and the exact same question on his go out account. He has 220 followers on go wild. And because we have that open platform, his archery question on uh, our platform got 75 comments on it of people actually giving him feedback on this bow site. 
And on his Instagram account, he got 24 in the same time period. Dang. That's that's the difference. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So you something I do think about a lot is the idea of censorship. So for instance, the other day I, I was trying to post an ad about a uh, about a boat release I was shooting, you know. I just wanted to spend, you know, five, ten dollars on it and get some people to, to read it and to check it out. It's a cool new release by Cobra. Um it's actually a back tension and a thumb release together, but that's that's irrelevant. But so you do you think by having a content content first platform that alleviates the need for censorship as much well what really uh alleviates the need for censorship is the need to please the masses like there's a lot of people using our platform but i don't need to you know control your content to make the vegan runner happy or you right. know the the animal rights activist isn't going to come in contact with the the picture of you shooting a deer with with your release so you know it's not that we don't monitor you know we have a structure set up and this is a big challenge man like i don't want to get into the boat that facebook's in where you know you're you're a platform versus an editorial like they, they've made a whole mess of how they've managed their content what they delete and what they don't and when to take a stance on something and when not to so we came out of the gate and said look we're a conservation focused organization we are supporting hunters we're supporting uh, anglers and the, the content on this platform will be about that. You get on board with that when you download the platform or you're out. So we don't, this is not your free speech forum. You know, I don't have to allow anything. Uh, and we, we do um, review content that gets reported. And so if, if uh, and really like the, we've had very little to delete. Again, if you take a the need to defend all the time, people aren't as defensive. So people are generally really, in fact, I get questions of like, what did you do to make such a nice platform? And all we did was have ex like, it's exclusive. It's, 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 I mean, anybody can download it, but we don't have an overwhelming amount of animal rights activists attacking your content. So uh, the, the, the platform just operates differently. I don't have as much need for that. Now, will we ever need that? Sure. I mean, like there's, there's, definitely jerks out there that will eventually get on our platform and like the other day we had a some guy reported or got reported by a couple different people because he made a you know a sleazy comment to a lady and and we just sent him a warning like hey man sexual harassment's not allowed here uh this is your warning you will not get a second one and mm -hmm. um there there will be that kind of stuff uh but it's been very few and far between another one that comes to mind was some guy was um he downloaded the app and it was almost it was posting like such insane content that we were pretty sure he was poaching, but we didn't have anything to be certain of that. And uh, I think I can't remember exactly what it was, but at some point he talked about spotlighting deer and drinking moonshine and like had a photo at night when his tree stands. So it's like, all right, you're out. Like we deleted his whole account. Um, oh, wow. So, I mean, there's 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 been a couple instances like that, but for the most part, we don't have to think about this in the same way these other platforms have so far. Now, keep in mind, we're like way smaller way smaller. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually we, we have a game plan for if we, you know, get attacked by animal rights activists or like, cause that, that they could do that. There's nothing keeping them from uh, organizing and downloading and start posting on the app. Uh, and, and we, we have a plan for that. How well it would work in that scenario? I don't know, but I mean, we, we certainly would, would act on that if it happened, but overall censorship isn't, it's just not as much of a concern here. One more thing I was thinking about is how do you, how do you specifically use the app as a sportsman? What is, what's your, what's your, one of your favorite ways to use the app? What I love most about this app is 
it it pulls your story out in a different way. Like right now, one of the there's so much conversation going on around the gripping grin. And what what I think is driven the gripping grin in the social media age is that so many of these platforms are photo oriented. And the only time a lot of us are taking photos are when we're out and we are, you know, we get the animal. There's a dead animal. We're proud of it. We take a photo of it, we post it. And then that's the only thing we posted from our hunting season. Yet we don't understand why everybody gets mad and calls us murderers. It's like, well, that's the only part of the story you told. Like I'm from advertising. If you, whatever you tell people is what they eventually come to understand of your brand. It's the same thing here. And so with Go Wild, we, we don't require a photo. We don't require, uh, you know, any, there's no like pretty photo editing or anything like the content is more raw, but we also have uh, this time log and the activity tracking on our platform. So every time you go out, you're encouraged to either come back retroactively and log time and say, hey, I just spent five hours scouting today. A lot of people will load photos with that and they'll tell us what they learned or what they're seeing. Or you can actively track your scouting and your hunting through the app, even if you didn't get anything. It gives you an opportunity to load that content in and mm-hmm. we're creating conversation points that don't exist elsewhere it's the same reason we have recipes on the app it you know it's helping people learn to tell the other aspects of their story you know whether or not that ever applies outside of go wild i i have to think that you know learning the value of these other aspects of our lifestyle and learning the value of telling it has value that's going to apply to an instagram like people might be posting some of these photos they took for their go wild scouting recap they're posting that elsewhere and that's helping show people like, Hey, it's not just about killing stuff. Like I actually get to get out and experience nature and there's a lot of recreational value with this. And it has a, almost like a, uh, you know, psychological impact on, on, on who I am. It's therapy for me or, or the food side of this is, you know, Hey, here's, um, something I made with this animal that I've taken. And we're putting a lot more emphasis on those parts of the story. That's what, that's, by far, that's the thing I'm most proud of with, with the app as a whole. I mean, that and the ability to like all the stuff I talked about learning, I'm, those two things, I would say. Right. No, another cool feature that I, I was thinking about is the, you have an archery tracking feature. Mm-hmm. Um, that that feature is, is super cool. I haven't got to use it yet, but I saw one of my buddies using it the other day, and I'm excited about using that. Yeah, so the way that works is you start, um, it, it's built to replicate off of how you already shoot. So, you know, you, you typically are going to pick your yardage, you're going to take your number of shots, you're going to go get your your uh, arrows out of the bag, and come back and do the whole thing. And some people, there'll be some type of, a, at some point, there's an assessment of how did I do, right? Well, the app follows all of those milestones. So you start off, you're going to tell us um, how far you're shooting. And if this is, I'll walk you through on the phone first. So on the phone, how far are you shooting? It'll it'll tell you to go ahead and shoot. And then you put like, I shot four arrows. And then we're going to ask you like uh, your bag, like how did you shoot? And it'll prompt you to take a photo. So every time you take a photo, we're capturing that timeline you saw. So it'll say group one, it'll show your bag. It'll show you uh, your yardage and how many arrows you shot on the timeline. And then you can actually see like your group, how, how you did. So if you shot a two inch group, it'll say that. The only thing that this doesn't apply as much yet to target archery, you know, we're typically thinking of the hunter who's typically shooting a group. Um, the, the difference between that and the Garmin app that we built on the watch, the watch is actually engineered to look for the shot itself. So you don't actually have to stop and input the shot. The watch looks for that rotation of your wrist. It waits for the string vibration. It waits for the drop of the bow along with some other stuff. And the accelerometer in the device is able to pick up when you've actually shot the bow. And it's pretty 
stinking accurate too, man. Like, I mean, I was trying to show people at ATA and fake it and it, I, I couldn't fake it. Like it's that good to where it knows what to look for. I think I faked it once out of probably showing 50 or a hundred people. I have no idea. Um, over a span of three days. Um, so, so it actually tracks all that together. And then as you take the photos on your phone, it stitches it all back together. The coolest part of the watch though, is the heart rate. So we actually track your heart rate along through all this. So you can actually see target panic set in and you might think like, Oh yeah, right. Like target panic is so mental, but what happens when you get nervous? You know, why do you think your heart rate starts beating when you see that animal? Cause you're, you're nervous, it, whether you want to call it excited nerves or scared nerves, nerves cause your heart rate to, to be impacted. I mean, police training will walk you through how to control all of this because that excitement causes you to perform poorly or to make bad decisions. And what, what we're tracking with, with uh, that heart rate functionality is that very thing. You know, we can actually see uh, what your heart, even if it's a 10 beats per minute difference, it's still a difference that you can see. And it's like, Oh yeah, I, I, my heart rate crept up and I shot poorly that round. Mm -hmm. And you can even see it sometimes like arrow to arrow. I mean, it just depends on the person, but you can, you can see somebody will say something like, uh, last couple of groups weren't good. And it's like, well, yeah, you were getting exhausted because you shot for an hour and, you know, you can see that after shooting 50 arrows, your, your heart rate was up. Yeah. No, can you, do you have to have the Garmin watch to, to track activities such as like running? No, you can track any of this, um, on the app. Well, right now we have six activities. It's archery, hiking, scouting, walking, hunting, and uh, I feel like I'm leaving out something, uh, but the, the walking based, like running or hiking or scouting or, or hunting or on the, the platform itself, you can just, it starts a, a map and it's not going to share your map. A lot of people uh, think that we're similar to some of these fishing apps that give away your spot. That's not what we're doing. We're really just showing how far you walked and uh, your, your photos along the way. So, but yeah, you, you can track it on your phone. The Garmin just lets us track a little bit more accurately because it's your heart rate. Um, it will give us, uh, you know, your a better elevation um, breakdown. And the biggest difference is for hunters, the battery life. I mean, how long do you think you can run a phone on GPS? Maybe, maybe six hours. Yeah. Uh, the Garmin's are rated for 14 hours. Well, the, the one I have, I think is 13 or 14 hours of straight GPS use. Uh, or, or like these things are insane without GPS use. You can go 21 days without recharging it wow. as long as you're not using the GPS. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, the iWatch is like what every every day. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. The I don't Apple have Watch, one. the yeah. Apple Watch. I think they're every day. You have to charge those things. Yeah, that's wild. So you were talking about the Garmin uh, quite a bit. You know, could you discuss a little bit more why that was a big win for Go Wild? Yeah, sure. It's a partnership. I mean, they we we brought value to their uh, device because we are integrating in a way that caters to hunters, which is part of their audience. We're integrating in a way that uh, improves the tracking for hiking or, you know, we're eventually taking this out to fishing and we're going to take it out to um, all, all kinds of different outdoor activities. And for them, uh, you know, we get to bring our team and I have like, our team is so sophisticated. Like they're, they're so good at what they do and they get to apply value to, to the, uh, their device that they didn't have before. And yeah, there's all kinds of different apps and integrations that Garmin has, but this is a, a very sophisticated uh, integration that, that we're both hoping to expand upon. So they're marketing um, the Go Out app experience within their networks, and we're, we're marketing um, the Go Out or the Garmin watches because it's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, there's no, there's no money exchange here. There's nothing like that. Like this just, when we started talking and 
you know, people want to hear more about how that we, we, we get pretty deep into that on my podcast on, I believe it's episode 50, 49 and 50, where I interview Chad from Garmin and then my co-founder, Chris, who built the Garmin app. Mm -hmm. uh, we get pretty in the weeds on how all that broke down and, and transpired, but, uh, you know, it just made sense. It's like this, this is a, a great partnership for both parties. Yeah. Did you guys just now start one with the national wild Turkey yeah. Federation? Can you yeah, talk a little got, bit more about that? Yeah, I just got back from Nashville. Actually, uh, had several of our team members down there promoting that. So talking to them, you know, I it's kind of funny. We were talking, uh, talked to them a couple times with with Jen, our chief marketing officer, and it's like, man, it would be great to work with them if we could just figure out what we could do together. And then it's clicked so hard. Uh, duh, recruitment like that's a huge initiative of NWTF. They're um, one of the largest leaders in the industry in terms of R3, that's recruitment, retainment, and re-engagement of hunters, or reactivation, some people say. Uh, you know, that they have their hunting heritage program. They're constantly pushing their coordinators, uh, their R3 coordinators. They have mentors. They have all these volunteers. They have these systems in place to help uh, create new hunters. They're approaching their goal. I can't remember what the timeline for this was, but so far since... Over the last few years, they've uh, they've created almost 1.5 million new hunters that are documented. These are documented wow. new hunters. Um, I mean, they're, they're just like they saved the turkey. They're truly fighting to save the hunter. I mean, the hunt. If people don't know, hunting numbers are in decline. Uh, at least they ha were in the last report. There's some data out there in 2018 that seems to say that uh, a lot of these efforts are working. That, but, but my fear is, you know, we, we don't have that data official yet. It's a lot of it's speculative. And even if it had a little bump in 2018, I want to remind people we had a little bump in 2011. Um, and then 2016 came out and it was not good. That was the year that everybody started freaking out because we lost 5 million hunters. So no matter what comes out of this uh, next report, we, we can't get complacent. We got to keep working at it. And that's what this partnership really was about. I mean, we, we gave for them, we, we are a way for them to modernize how they're communicating. Uh, typically they've communicated through events, their magazine, their membership, but they, they haven't had a strong digital presence with a, with an app as widely reaching as ours. So, um, this, this puts their mentors, you know, they, before where they had to have a class to maybe mentor somebody or to be in person, they can check the app before bedtime and answer three questions on turkey hunting just by cruising that turkey trail. And uh, well, it was cool after we I spoke with Jeremiah Dowdy on how we can use technology and food to recruit new hunters. And a lot of those guys were signing up and, you know, I saw them getting engaged in the platform. And, and that's really what that that whole relationship is about is, is mentorship. So in all actuality, what does that look like? Does that look like them having their own go wild account and interacting with people on the platform it's funny man i don't even think we have that set up yet but yeah we're going to uh this thing is so fresh like we barely got this done in time for uh national wild turkey we released uh, the convention we got it launched before the week before and, and announced and then we just launched uh i don't know when this podcast is going to air but we actually are giving away a turkey hunt with them right now um, sending two people up to Wisconsin to hunt on a guided hunt. It's like a $4,500 value wow. uh, that, that we're promoting with them. So they actually are sending press releases out and promoting this relationship. Uh, they'll be posting about it on um, their social accounts elsewhere. We're going to, we do on the to-do list is to get them posting about it and go wild. Um, I just did a podcast with Becky, uh, the, the CEO, and, and she's a field biologist. Uh, uh, by by background and and went on to be um, very successful within the organization. 
but in the, in the actual implementation of it, it's us teaching them how to use the technology, how to better um, find people that need mentorship, them promoting it as a way, because what happens when you go to a class or you get a hunting license or you, you go to your safety course and you leave? Like, that's where we lose a lot of people. They don't know. Hunting is hard. Hunting, it's intimidating. If you've never done it, especially, a lot gets lost in, in that translation. And there's a lot of knowledge that's getting ready to come out of the hunting industry. So we're really offering them a place where they can point people to to utilize the platform. And I mean, I had uh, one of the R3 coordinators um, teaches a safety class, and he wants to integrate onboarding people to go wild as part of the like the end of the class is like look you're going to leave here and you're going to feel like you don't have anybody to ask questions to but here's what you can do download this platform it's really good at answering questions there's a lot of people on here that want to help you so really just using go wild as a tool for them and whatever they need like in a lot of ways we don't know what this is going to become we yep. just through through talking to them it was very clear that they needed a more active digital uh communication out, outlet and you know, for us, we're hoping, obviously we're hoping to grow from this, but I mean, we're very conservation minded. I mean, we, we've been supporting Raise Them Outdoors for two years now, and, you know, they're working small scale. National Wild Turkey, I think, has a quarter of a million members. Raise Them Outdoor has like 300 campers every year, but that's direct impact. So anywhere we can find that's going to have some type of impact on uh, conservation, it, it, it's somebody we want to work with. I mean, I'll give you an example. We haven't announced this yet, but it's coming um, probably this week or next, like outdoor access is an advertiser that came on board with us, but we went after outdoor access and uh, Buck's my friend. I mean, full disclosure, like I've gotten to know Buck through the industry, but we wanted to work with them because I believe in what they're doing for conservation and what they're doing for hunt hunting. They're like, the, they're the Airbnb of the outdoors. So yeah. they are helping people connect with places they can hunt. And Hey man, guess what? Access is the number one reason people say they can't hunt. You know, I mean, you've probably heard friends say that. And oh, so this 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 tech company has created a platform that helps people get outside and hunt. And I'm like, heck yeah, that's that's the type of people I want to work with. I mean, there's a ton of companies we could go after for advertisers and try to get them in here. Um, but like, if if there's a chance to work with somebody like that, that's what we're going to try for. Yeah. So, you guys have built this business from the ground up. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start a business in the outdoor space? Maybe you could talk about a little bit of the challenges of that. Yeah, I think I think the first challenge is like not even just the outdoor space is do you know what the hell you're signing up for? I mean, like, honestly, I don't people say stuff like that, like I want to start a business and I want to do this. And I nine times out of 10, they probably shouldn't because most people are not going to be able to follow through. And unless you know that you're like, you have to really want this, you cannot. Yeah casually just because you think you're going to get some free stuff out of this I, there's so much of that out there like that's half the reason we started this podcast was to document how hard this is i don't like we don't people don't understand the work that goes into a business like this or anything else i mean it doesn't matter if you're a full-time podcaster uh you better know that you're going to stick with it like there are going to be times when you you're going to miss if you're a, a parent you're going to miss kids events you're going to miss stuff at school you're going to miss family dinners you're going to miss things there will be things in your life that you care about that you have to give up for this thing you're going to chase and that part of it really sucks like just i like i feel like we all you see so many people sugarcoating being an influencer and acting like you know life is great on this pursuit of like oh i'm traveling all these trade shows here i am with this famous person <laughs> um and it's like yeah that stuff happens i mean 
uh, walking around the NWTF show. There's plenty of celebrities there to stop and take pictures with. But what what isn't mentioned is the fact that like you are going to have sacrifice along the way. So like out of the gate before any business, no matter what industry it is, make sure you know what you're signing up for. Think about it. And the best way to do that, make a business plan. Like uh, if you want to really think about what you're going to have to do, sit down, write a business plan out, figure out how long you think it'll take you to be profitable. Look at the steps you need to make to get there, whether that's raising money or starting something on the side for a while, getting it built up so you can start a Patreon, whatever you're doing, like figure out how you're going to monetize this thing. And then you can pretty much look at it and say, am I willing to do this? How many hours a week is it going to take in addition to my full-time job to, to be able to get this done? Am I willing to stay up until 1 a.m. and wake up at 5 a.m. to get to like for, for years maybe to get this done? How much do I love sleep? How much do I like going and hanging out with my friends every every weekend for basketball? Because you're probably going to have to give that up too. Like there's going to be a lot that gets cut if you're really serious about this. And if it feels like, eh, I don't know, that's a lot, then you probably shouldn't do it. Like I don't, I don't, I'm, I, I've, I'm all about encouragement. Like seriously, that whole podcast that I run is to encourage people to chase their dreams. But yeah. I also, I also feel like we, we make stuff sound so easy and it's like, Oh, I made an Instagram with a logo. I'm pretty much like on my way. No, I could <laughs> like, I could literally do that tonight for any business I wanted to, but in, an Instagram with a logo doesn't mean crap, man. Like the hard work, the phone calls, the, you know, working through your lunches so you can leave work an hour early to go do a podcast with somebody. That's the kind of stuff that you're going to have to sign up for. And it's freaking hard. Mm -hmm. No, I think you said something great earlier when you said, you know, I actually hunt less now that I have a business because I think people, a lot of people think, you know, I'll get this started. I'll meet a bunch of people and then I'll be able to just travel and hunt on TV. Right. You know, proof that that doesn't just happen. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm still, we're still a startup, right? Like we're scrappy and, but I want to give proof that this doesn't just happen at my level. This is any level uh, you ever hear these, uh, influencers or tv show hosts say things like well we we saw something right out of the gate but i didn't want to stop hunting you know like you hear them talk about that right but here's the deal man like those guys are doing that for a job when they're out there and i've i've heard like the back end stories of these things they're out there for a 10-day hunt because they got to make uh you know three episodes out of that one hunt and yeah. the fact of the matter is if they end their tag right there like their show like they're not going to get enough content and mm -hmm. so like even them, you know, they don't hunt all the time. A lot of these big celebrities that we all watch and adore, you know, they, they need content and that becomes a job. Like they're at a certain point, none of this stuff, like once you get deep into it is, is really, it's never going to be as pure as it is for you when you're just doing it because you love it. Yeah. So you go wild has amassed a really impressive uh, following on Instagram. I think you guys have over 50,000 followers, which, which yeah. is great. And so what are some tips you would give to someone on building your influence on just, just in the outdoor industry, not just Instagram, but just your influence sure. in general? Uh, well, honestly, man, if you, uh, if you took out the Instagram part of that question, just said, what would you do to build influence? My first response would be like, don't focus just on Instagram. So many people are doubling down on that. I do think, yes, Instagram is important. Um, I, I think diversifying where you're at is important, but also realizing where you're getting reach and engagement. Look at the value of true engagement. Like, okay, in my Instagram account, one thing that we've looked at would go wild is, okay, well, we post something on Instagram, we get, yeah, we might get 500 likes or a thousand likes or whatever it is, but how many comments are we getting? Like, how many people are actually asking questions? Of those comments we got, how many are bots? 
you know, it's usually 30 or 40% of them are bots. And, you know, really looking at the, the value of the people that are commenting, like, are they actually engaged? Are these crap comments where like our platform, we've noticed, like I told you earlier, we can actually get inquisitive minds. Like these are low funnel, what I call low funnel in the marketing space of people that are truly interested. They're ready to make decisions. They're going to buy or whatever it is um, on our platform. So when, when you're from our, my, my, put on my marketing hat, uh, I can't remember if I told you or not, I was a creative director at an ad agency. So if yep. I go back and look at like a digital strategy of building a brand, you want to be in a variety of places and you might be on Instagram and know that you're going to get more fluff content, but Hey, you know what? We seem to be reaching a wider audience. We're getting our brand awareness out there. And there's a lot of value to that. That's why go out has an Instagram. That's why we started with an Instagram very early, like well before we ever had a product. I think we, we had an Instagram, um, about 11 months before the product ever hit the market. And we were talking about what we were going to do and what we wanted to do. And we, we grew the thing. I think we had 10,000 followers in three months. Uh, you know, we built it really quickly. And um, that gave us a, like, at a certain point, I started going to events or trade shows and people say, man, I've seen you guys everywhere. And a lot of that was our content on Instagram. It was our content on Facebook. It's also the fact that we've like practically given away um, tens of thousands of dollars worth of stickers and hats and shirts yeah. and like like we sell it but i mean we're not we're not making i'm like my competitors are selling this stuff for like 30 dollars plus shipping and we'll host sales like i'm essentially giving these shirts away um covering expenses but um you know from a from a strategy to hit your question i think your question overall is like what is the best way to build influence right multi-layers on your social and digital side but own the platform like don't rely on instagram like that's, that's one of the biggest mistakes. Don't rely on go out. One of the biggest mistakes people are making right now is they think they're influential because they have those followings and you're not. Yeah. That, can, that can be taken away from you tomorrow. That can be taken away from you in an instant. And it might be that they get deleted. Um, your, your account gets deleted. It might be like a lot of uh, influencers right now are getting hit by these shadow bans and they don't know how to, they don't know how to promote content without hashtags. And so if they get hit by a shadow ban, if people don't know what that means, it means that Instagram has essentially locked down your account uh, and, and you're not like if you post a hashtag, like whatever the hashtag, hashtag uh, hamburger, let's just say something generic like that. If you're shadow banned, anybody that doesn't follow you is not going to see you in that content. So that's how you grow on those platforms of those hashtags. If you get shadow banned, you're done. Like you might actually end up losing uh, accounts because of all the bot interaction that happens on these platforms. So the most important thing that you can do. And I actually did a, I know I keep bringing up my podcast, but I, uh, this question was coming up a lot on my podcast. So I, I went out and seeked a guy who I knew would have like the best answer on this. So I did a whole show on this very question with a like extremely savvy digital marketer. His name's Josh Claflin. And if you want to check that out, it's F, uh, episode 51 on my podcast. Josh gets way into the weeds on this, but Josh's number one recommendation and, and mine as well is own your influence, have a website, like the website, no one can take that away from you. Um, you know, a Twitter or, you know, and I, I bring this up, I'm not supporting or, or anything with the content, but an example of this, Alex Jones, Infowars, very influential on Twitter, right? Well, guess what? Right. Like, oh, any of his social media profiles, he lost all of that. And if you don't have any of that backed up into your own website, your own email databases, then you lost all of your influence. Like you have to start over. So when you're building your influence in any industry, make sure that you're pumping people to your 
product, your company, like your website. Um, and I mean, really, you can start from there and you can apply this to being a t-shirt company. You can apply this to being a podcaster. You can apply this to being an influencer. Like the best influencers I've seen, they have so a uh, large social media following, but they're promoting content exclusively. You know, a Patreon opens this up to, to great, um, great potential. You can use that to promote content within your site for your, for your partners. That's true influence. Like having 50,000 followers doesn't mean a thing. And it's not what people think it is. Like it's not, it's not the powerhouse that of, of um, impressions that people think it is. Like you got to have a pretty sizable account before you can really start to make a huge impact. So I think podcasting is, is a great medium um, yeah. to build influence. So why was that big for you? Why did you start Restless Native? Man, honestly, uh, I, I was doing a ton of podcasts like we are right now. And I was getting a ton of questions about people asking us, how did you start a company in the outdoor space? Um, I, hey, I want to, you know, I'd like to be become sponsored or I'd like to, um, you know, eventually become a blogger or I'd like to do this or that. And I think I think a lot of what people were seeing in us is regular people uh, that, that had a dream and side hustled until we were able to quit our job. Like when I quit my job, um, that was really the moment when I was like, I think I'm finally going to do this podcast thing and and start to answer some of these questions that I'm getting. So my first episode well, the second, it's episode two, but like the, the first one was just teaser. My first interview episode was with John Hunter, my business partner, who's a professional fisherman. And we tackled a lot of these very questions we're talking about out of the gate of like, how do you approach sponsors? How do you become sponsored? What is it to be a sponsored uh, athlete? And um, from there, I mean, we just continued on. Sometimes the, the podcast is more, you know, like Lynn and Lacey Hoffman, um, friends of ours that we've met through Go Wild live in Alaska, came in and we, we sat around for three hours telling hunting stories. Like sometimes they're just fun like that, but those right. two are all like, I, more than anything, we try to focus on people that are making a living, um, preferably in like the marketing or uh, business side of, of hunting. And it's just different. It's something that I didn't see anybody else doing. Uh, I still don't see anybody else doing it. Nobody talks about this the way we do. Um, I just, there's enough shows out there for whitetail tactics or, or how to bugle an elk. And like, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm an okay hunter. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not out there killing 200 inch whitetails. Uh, but, but if I can help people build their business of their dreams and, you know, I may not be able to help you call that 200 inch whitetail in, but if I can help you achieve something, it may not be, you know, for a lot of people, I'm not going to inspire you to start your own company. But I might inspire, like some people have just messaged me. It's kind of been weird. Like I had, I had a friend message me and he's like, man, I'm finally going to write my book. Like just, just from talking about this, like this has nothing to do with the outdoors, but he got inspired to do something that he really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And we, we've had a lot of scenarios like that. Like some people will tell us, Hey, after listening to that, I decided life's too short. I need to go. I'm going out West next year. And so a lot of it is really just inspiring people in general through hearing other success stories in the industry. I don't even remember what your question was. Sorry, man. Sometimes I just get hyped up and start talking. <laughs> no, that's great. I was I just wanted to talk about the podcast a little bit. So for someone that wants to start a podcast, uh, what is distribution like? How, how do you distribute it? I know having an Instagram account is great, but it has to be further than that. I mean, how do you do it? Well, we, we got lucky. Well, not lucky. I mean, the way we're structured is we have this massive email list and this massive audience within go wild so we kind of we already had that built in out of the gate um the from so i started off a little bit differently now i will say i haven't seen explosive growth um over the like we 
I was told, Cody Rich told me up front, do not expect for this thing to explode. Expect to grind it out for over a year before you start to see true growth. Uh, and, and that's pretty much ridden true. Um, we have weeks that are really, really great. And we have weeks that are like so low that I'm like, what am I doing? Um, but overall, like the distribution of it, I think is really just like, you have to stay on top of it and promote it all the time. I mean, like you, you may feel like you're in people's face, but keep in mind that people are exposed to tens of thousands of brand messages a day. That's when you're yeah. driving to work. That's when you're online. That's when you're, I mean, we don't even, re there's so many touch points these days. We don't even realize all the, the ad and brand content we're seeing. So a lot of times when you're promoting something, it can feel like you're being too aggressive. Like, oh, I already talked about that this week. I shouldn't promote it again. Wrong. Promote it five times the amount you think you should. Uh, now be creative. Don't push the same image over and over. But, you know, think through um, what what the show had. Pull different pull quotes from it and, and post about those and find those different uh, narratives that came up in the show. Because at some point, you're going to strike different audiences' interest along the way. Uh, and, and the other thing to do, man, I like to think about is, okay, look at what these giant content farms are doing on their social media pages. Do you see how often they're updating these things? It's like every 30 minutes they're posting something new. And that's because they've realized how the system works. So you can no longer just, you know, slide out a Facebook post and it hits, you know, half of your audience. You used to be able to do that in the day. Facebook has acknowledged that you're going to hit 1% or maybe less, maybe a little more of your audience. And that's it. Like go wild. If I put um, on our Facebook page, any link up, I can assume most of the time we're going to get like maybe a dozen likes on it, maybe three. Like it's not, it's not going to be what you think it is. So push that stuff more than you can stomach personally, like push it all the time. Um, that's really like talking about your content as much as you possibly can is important. Yeah. And then I, I think like the, the, that's the, like, what can I do sitting on my couch approach? The other part of that is like why I'm talking to you right now. I, I do this because it gives me exposure in other people's networks, like doing those, those co-promote find, you need to reach out to as many people as you can trying to get interviewed, trying to interview them. And then when that's done, send them the artwork, send them the link, ask them to promote it. And if you start striking like a certain size person who will do your show, but then won't promote it. Okay. Take a step down. I need to go to like a mid-level uh, influencer and find somebody who's going to be really excited about doing my show and getting those people to help grow it. Like you, that's the biggest thing. Like you, you having a big name come in is not enough. Um, if, if that big name's not going to come in and tell their network they did it, guess what? You're still talking to the same group of people that listened last week when you talked to the no-name guy who was actually interesting. So mm -hmm. that, that, that's that been one lesson I've learned is finding people who are going to promote the show. I've had some big names on my show that did not pan out at all like I thought. And then I've had some sleepers who um, I expected to do well, but they ended up doing astonishingly well. So you, you just never really can pick. Now, the exceptions to that are like, Hannah Barron. I had Hannah Barron on. The podcast sucked. The audio was awful because she couldn't get her microphone working. And yeah. Hannah's show was like by far one of the most popular because she put it in her story once. But that's mm -hmm. like eventually law of averages applies. And Hannah has what half a million followers on Instagram. So, you know, we benefited from that. But but short of like Hannah Barron level, there's you know, you have to uh, really look at strategically who you want to have on your show. Yeah. So how are you reaching out to these people to get them as guests? 
Man, it happens a lot of ways. A lot of times it's introductions. Um, a lot of times if I really get hot to trot for somebody and I want them on my show, I will email them. I will Facebook them. I will LinkedIn. Well, I will, I don't Facebook them anymore. I'm off Facebook. Uh, I will Instagram them. I Instagram them from Go Wild's account because it's bigger. Um, yeah. even, even though it's a restless, I kind of have quit using the restless native podcast, um, Instagram and even our Go Wild account just cause it's too much work. Um, but I, I will message them from the larger account and that tends to work pretty well. Uh, I've, I've get, I get most of them that I want interested. Uh, but really, man, like you don't know what people are going to say until you ask. I mean, like I, I honestly, um, have asked some people and thought that there was no way that they would respond, let alone like give me an hour of their time. Cause like there's, there is no greater thing that someone can give you than an hour of their day. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like, billable that's like billable time whether or not they like are an attorney that kind of billable or i as a company there's a certain amount of revenue that's associated with that person's productivity that's the best thing they can do for you so asking for somebody's time you got to respect that um but you you'd just be surprised at how many people will actually just say yeah man cool i'll come on and talk to you about the podcast and you get that person on they have fun and then you say hey man I see you know so and so. Do you think you could introduce me to them? I'd love to do that. Like you just keep working it from there. Oh, dude, that was the tip I meant to tell you earlier. When you're doing any kind of business and you set out, my greatest advice for people is to hustle hard on the phone calls. Like every phone call you end with an asking for an introduction, and and that will take you further. I mean, that got us to Garmin. That got us to um, some other successful business relationships that we've yet to announce. Like every single time it's just asking for people to give you an introduction and um, no matter what you're doing whether it's in the hunting industry or just in regular jobs like you're if you're trying to get a new job because your sucks like guess what call up your buddy and say hey man i see you're working over here anybody you know that you could introduce me to for advice don't ask for a job ask for advice and then like get the, them on the phone and start talking to them if they like you you'll be one of the first people that they call for that job later down the road so like working the phones and and even managing a spreadsheet of people and, uh, you know, when you last chatted with them is something that's really important. And I would apply that to this podcast conversation as well. Yeah, no, that's great. That's kind of what I've been doing. I've just been managing through, through Excel, uh, people I want to potentially talk to people I have talked to, and it's worked really, really well for me. Um, so, so just wrapping up here, um, a lot of people would probably want to know the monetization, getting sponsors on their podcast. How, how do you do that? Man, I honestly like I'm I'm more selling those along with Go Wild right now. I don't really yeah. push like the podcast as it it is its own entity in in like the legal sense. But we really do a lot of add-on sales for uh, Go Wild. Like, hey, we'll also give you this this on Restless Native. Um, at least that's how I've done it to date. I'm honestly a bad person to ask about that. Uh, you know, one one model I I think. I, I was just listening to a podcast. I think it's on Recode Decode was the, um, if, if anybody wants to check that out, it's with Patreon's founder. Now this was about four years, three or four years ago. So it's early in their game. And, but he talks about how to think through your content as a creator and how to get the most out of it. And I, I'm still learning about Patreon and the model itself, but I, to me, it's almost more interesting to go that subscription model. And I, I, out of the gate, just listening to that podcast and talking to Cody, uh, who just launched one and talking to Sam Ayers, who does living country in the city. And he, he was the first guy I ever heard of doing Patreon. Mm -hmm. I think there's probably more to be made as a small guy with that route. Now you get into like the, uh, 
Joe Rogan's of the world, these guys that have millions of, of downloads per show. And then it becomes a different, like, then it, there's probably a, a question to be had on what model you should do. Um, you know, but I won't get into like how nerding out on how podcast media buys are done. But I mean, these guys are charging like twice what the smaller guys can charge per thousand downloads. Right. So, yeah. Um, but I, 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 to me, man, I, I honestly, my advice would be to like, do it for a year as a passion project, get your following up and then start considering. Cause that you're going to have to do that no matter what, like no, 10 episodes in ain't no advertiser coming to you to give you a check anyways. Like, a, yeah, I don't know that you're going to be around for 10 more episodes. You really need to get a following proven. Cody says that's 50 episodes. I think that's probably right. Like it feels right. Um, that's coming from him. That's done, you know, I don't know, 300 episodes. Uh, or more, maybe more. I have no idea. He's been around for a long time, but I feel like that's probably the sweet spot to prove that you're legit and you're not not some fling. Uh, and then I think you start to look at the model and ask yourself which one you should look at for a monetization side. So just wrapping up here, what's next for the Go Wild app? What can we expect to see um, in the coming months? Well, more podcast integration. One cool thing that people can do, it's a great way to find new shows and also to talk about uh, shows. Uh, you can log time for Go Wild. So just like you can log time for a hunt or a scout, you can actually log time for podcasts. You go in, hit the plus sign, tap that little clock that you'll see at the bottom of the screen, and then you can search for Outdoors Podcast, and then you can find any show that's on iTunes. So when you search for those, you can pick the specific show you listen to, and log that and give feedback. A lot of these podcasters are actually on the Go Out app. You have Cable Smith of Lone Star Outdoors. Cody Rich is on there from the Rich Outdoor Show. Uh, Dan Johnson from Nine Finger Chronicle. A lot of these guys are on there watching the feedback. And so that's integrated today. We are actually taking this to a new level this year. And we're going to be making it easier to converse like have conversation with p other people who listen to the same show as you so right now when i log a podcast it goes to my profile like a regular post but it makes it it pulls in the show art the how long it was and the title of it and it's very much a one-dimensional experience right like i might tag that person but it's just like any other post mm -hmm. what we want to do is make it more dynamic and more interactive to where it goes in and it's like a living document on Go Wild of seeing, um, okay, there's what Brad said about this show. Here's what Chris said about it. Here's what Zach said about it. Here's what Dave said about it. And it, and you can all of a sudden start to see these threads of conversation. Like I might log my opinion. I think the way we're going to do this, we're still trying to figure this out. I think we're going to log it to where you don't get to see anybody else's take on it before you log it. And then it goes in and you get that unbiased opinion. And then you can start to have threads of conversation around it. Uh, that to me is one of the most exciting things we're working on. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few things that we've done so far that we didn't plan. Like we, we, we've pretty well planned this thing out to a T for the first two years, um, through our different phases. Uh, we, we've gone, we're in our third phase right now, most of which was planned. I mean, even like the Garmin integration, I didn't think we would do that with Garmin, but we planned on activity tracking like that. But this podcast functionality we're working with super exciting it's never been done before i'm not aware of any place where you can go and do what i'm talking about uh, and i'm not talking about just the hunting industry like nowhere can you look at and uh, what other people are saying about shows like this um so so that's going to be really cool the uh as a just as like fun free hunts man i'm, I'm trying to give away as many free hunts this year as possible um i'm working on a couple I, 
we're going to have another one. So you still have time to go in and enter for a chance to win the turkey hunt with uh, National Wild Turkey Federation. That'll close, I believe it closes at the end of the month. Um, and then we're launching another one um, with outdoor access. That'll be another turkey hunt. And I'm working on, actually, I think there's a deer hunt and a maybe two more deer hunts coming from outdoor access too this year. And I'm working on some other really big hunting opportunities that I can't, I mean, I just don't have them finalized yet, but the, uh, the giveaways on our app are awesome. I mean, those will continue to get more and more awesome. I mean, about every week we have at least a three or $400 giveaway. And these are not like the shameless, like tag 12 buddies, follow this page, that page, come back here every day. And you know, all the crazy rules, give away your firstborn, your secondborn, your firstborn, yeah. firstborn. <laughs> like, it's it's not like that. It's just like, hey, tell us what you like about this product. And uh, we, we we did one. I think we I think we did this. If we haven't done this yet, we're going to. Some of these will start to be like challenges. Like if it's an archery giveaway, um, you know, hey, log five times shooting your bow this week for a chance to win this upgrade or something like that. So uh, there's going to be a lot of excitement around that. And then beyond the podcast, let me think of what we're working on. If there's anything I want to say, I know we're working on video. That's one thing. Usually people ask me why they can't post video when I do a podcast that uh, we're finally, yeah. that that's, that's actually happening. Um, since we're at the end of the show, I won't tell you why we haven't been there, but, uh, we just wanted to make a smart business decision. And I think we're finally getting close. Um, what else is on the board out there? Um, that's all I can talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like two or three more things, but that, those are the, those are the things we're working on of what I can say right now, but it's right at, at, at the same pace we've been moving for the first two months of the year, we will move as fast throughout the rest. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. So just, so lastly, where can we find go wild? Where can we find restless native? Great question. Uh, go wild is on the Android or iOS app stores. Just, uh, go everywhere else. You downloaded all your other apps, go there again, download it. You can go to time to go wild.com and there's a download button there. Um, you know, welcome feedback i one of the first things you'll see is an email from me so use your real email you'll get an email from me that tells you what our core beliefs are and then you'll actually as a part of that process i send uh, all of our new users uh, a couple times a week they get an email sent out to the newbies and get uh, a link to all those podcasts i'll give you i think it's like eight of my favorites i go on and update that list all the time um, just shows that i like and think people would like so you'll get a link to the show no matter what but we're on all the places you listen to podcasts. It's just Restless Native. Um, recently, a couple of shows that have been really popular have been um, James Nash, who is a two-time Purple Heart recipient and a hunting guide, fishing guide, um, outspoken predator management advocate, like awesome, awesome interview. It was only an hour. I didn't have time and he uh, on that day and um, he was super busy, but that show was super popular. The Hoffmans, the Alaskan guides, it was like three hours long. It was really popular. But if you don't <laughs> want to, if you don't want to dive into a three-hour podcast, uh, I would say to if you know check out the episode with Garmin. I mean, I think that just hearing that and hearing Chad. So Chad is an interesting guy because Chad was the the engineer that managed the product or the project for that zero bow site. So you can hear oh, yeah. everything that went into. We talk about that, and he talks about how hard it was. Like that thing is an engineering masterminded product uh so if we get into all that i check that show out for sure and then once you've heard a few of the outside guests i always say you should check out the shows that we do with each other like i've had my co-founders on a couple times and those are usually our most popular shows 
are the uh, the shows that I've had with them. And I think it's because this community just really likes to get a look behind the curtains. Um, right. You know, they, they like to see what's going on. So check out those. I mean, I've just released one with um, Zach Grimes, who's the data scientist here. So if you want to hear about the inner workings of an outdoor social media app, he gets into that. And then Chris Glime on episode 50 talked about developing for Garmin and, and like what, what that whole process was like on the rebuild that we just did too. And it's just like, we try to be very transparent. I think uh, when you look at the failures of some of these large social media companies, they have not been transparent. They have actually shrouded the truth and how they operated. And um, I mean, at some points, I wonder if we're not like excessively transparent. And I don't, I don't yeah. know why, but you like almost get worried. I'm like, man, are we for competitive reasons? Are we talking too much? And I'm like, you know what? We welcome it. If, if people want to try to do it, do what we're doing. Yeah. It's, it's really, like I said earlier, it's really hard, you know? So I'm not, I don't think we're going to give away anything on a podcast that, that uh, gives our competitors too much of an advantage. So, but those shows do really well. So people should check those out too. Yeah. I appreciate you jumping on and this is one more time. This is Brad Luttrell, the founder, co-founder of the go wild app and the host of the restless native podcast. I appreciate you jumping on, man. Christian, and I appreciate you giving me a couple minutes with you today. Uh, just to chat, man, it's been fun. Yeah, definitely. And we will do it again sometime um, Sounds good. when we have something else to talk about. I appreciate yep. it, man. All right. Thank you. That was a really, really fun episode. You guys should definitely check out the Go Wild app if you're a sportsman, if you bike outdoors, if you like hunting, if you like fishing, if you like rock climbing. It doesn't really matter. Definitely check out the app. Also, if you're enjoying these episodes, you should leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we'd really, really appreciate it. You know, If you really liked it, give us five stars. If not... Let us know what we can improve on. Um, we're definitely looking for that. So I appreciate you guys so much um, tuning in and listening. And I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode.